Uh, the kingdom living well and we're looking through uh, the Sermon of the Mount and uh, the question I have this morning is who has ever worried before? Jeez, you guys are amazing, man. God is with you. <laughs> who has ever had an anxiety, worry? It's like a sister-brother thing, an anxiety, worry. You know, we live in a, in a society and we live in, in Christian circles that say, you know, we shouldn't be worried about our future. And we should be the least worried people on the planet. But at the same time, we can't be naive because most of us have put up our hands and said that we have struggled with being, or just with worry and anxiety. That we've all experienced it, we experience it, and maybe some of you this morning you're experiencing it right now. And it doesn't matter if you were Billy Graham or just a bloke that just got saved, we all struggle with worry. We worry about our lives, we worry about our future, our finances, we have anxiety over our kids, we look at our situations, our life situations, and, and we, we begin to, to worry about it. And this is not a cop-out that's saying, well, that's our lot and that we, this is just who we are as humans, that we worry. Because I don't think that's the, des the, the, the desire and the design of Jesus that we live in worry. And that's why he addresses it in Matthew. Very simply, in, very, very, in a way that the realization is that we will always have worry. We will always have anxiety. Things will always problem us. There always will be things that will challenge us. But Jesus is not saying it's a cop-out. He's saying how can those things, we live a life that doesn't influence us. And that's how he addresses it in Matthew 6. So if you've got your Bibles and if you're taking notes, we're going to look at three scriptures that speak about. This is Jesus speaking about anxiety and worry. And then we look at what Paul says in the Bible when he writes to the different churches about being worried. So it's an important thing that we see here. And it's a relevant thing, I believe, within the church. That we can't be naive and say, well, we should live in the clouds all the years of our lives. But we, we do struggle with things. And God's saying, I want you to live a life that is not problem-free because that's not the reality. That's a fallen world that we've been born into. But that we live a life that... Those things don't influence us. So if you've got your Bible, Matthew 6, verses 25. I'm going to read it. And uh, it goes like this. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat, or what you drink, Peter, what you eat or what you drink, nor about your body, or what you put on. Is not life more than food, and that body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air, and neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan, or span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the, the lilies of the field, how, how they grow, neither toil or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
and he is not much more, not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, or knows that you need them all. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, so Jesus addresses being a worried people. And so I'm just going to look at it and I'm just going to pull a couple of things out of the, the scripture, what, 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 what Jesus speaks about, about being worried and anxious. Is that the first thing when I read it and I looked at it, the first word that jumped out at me, and it's kind of the foundation on which that we as a people don't have to live in anxiety and worry, is the word Father. It says there, Yet your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, Jesus didn't use, you know, another word. He specifically used the word Father. He could have used the King of the Heavens or the Lord of the, the Lord of the, you know, like or the Kingdom of of God or the Lord or God or any other word. But he, he chooses the word Father. That's the foundation for us as a people that are living in a world that. That is, yeah, that's fatherless, but also in a sense of that we need to hear him this morning as a father speaking. As the father in heaven speaking. He says, you are more valuable than many sparrows. He's speaking as a father to us this morning. And if we're struggling with worry, we're struggling with anxiety, the foundation of for us to live out of uh, not having influence in our lives is to know that we have a Father in heaven. And it goes on with a powerful yet practical and obvious thing, but sometimes we just need God to blow away the delusion of anxiety with a simple rhetorical question. And it says, which of you is asking the people? So he's asking you this morning this rhetorical question because we cannot answer it. And we know the answer. That's a rhetorical question. Hey. English teacher. Which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? The question is? The answer? Sorry? <laughs> the answer is? No. I don't know if you, if you've, if you've found that the more you worry, the more the outcome has become in a positive way. Just think, just think about it. How many countless hours that we've, we've thought on something that we've been worried or anxious about. Has it been a positive thing into your life? Has it brought out the outcome that you've been looking for? It's made us grumpy. It's kept us up at night. We've become complaining, we, <laughs> we people that have no smiles because we, our thoughts are captivated by this one thing that keeps knocking every morning. It doesn't matter how much we worry, it doesn't solve the problem. 
So it doesn't equal breakthrough. He's saying, Jesus is saying, he's the breakthrough. In other words, our worry will gain you nothing this morning. You worrying, you having anxiety will gain you nothing. Worrying about your life isn't helping your life. It's poisoning it. It's robbing it. It's dragging it down. And it will suck you dry. I had, call it an anxiety attack. I don't know, you know, a lot of people have been, it's kind of a, a new thing in our society today, anxiety. The word has been thrown around, even in schools and, and stuff like this. But I don't know if it's, it's you know, the, the, the medical side to it. Uh, I don't profess to be a Joyce Myers here. I don't know all the answers. But the one time I woke up, that we had awakening, which was a youth event with 200 plus youth people, uh, young people coming to this worship event that, that we organized. And one night I, I woke up and, and uh, I had full of anxiety because I felt it was going to be a failure, that no one's going to rock up. And I, I remember having my heart was pounding, uh, my hands were clammy, and uh, I was really worried. I was, I was just fixated on this, this idea. And the enemy was just really wreaking havoc in my mind. And I remember not knowing what to do. And eventually I, I, I got the courage and I went to my father. And I asked my dad, my, 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 my earthly dad, and I said, Dad, please pray for me. I, I need, I need this, this thing's consuming me. And he prayed for me. And as soon as he prayed for me, it lifted. And Jesus addresses here, just as, as we go, as I went to my earthly father, we can go to our heavenly father. So Jesus addresses here with anxiety, with, with little faith. He doesn't say no faith. He says little faith. See, the opposite to faith is unbelief. So when Jesus is calling for your faith, He's not saying for you to muscle up. He's not saying while you are weak, muscle up with your faith. You've got little faith. You've got nothing. Come on. Come on, show up. Stand up. Man up. No, He's not saying that. He's actually saying, lean on me. Lean on me. In the world, it's giving up. So the world says, when we lean, when we, we step back and say, okay, God, I'm not going to worry about this. The world's saying, well, that's giving up. Well, in, in the Bible, in, in, in Jesus' ways, it's the kingdom way. It's the opposite. So faith doesn't deny that the problem exists. doesn't deny that the problem exists. It just denies it a place of influence. Faith doesn't deny that the problem is ex it exists. It's there. It just denies it a place of influence in our lives. It stops it. It's saying that worry, that anxiety for that issue, it doesn't have authority. It doesn't have power in my life. So the first point, if you're taking notes, is we have a Father in heaven. It's a foundation for us. Because we're going to look at the next scriptures. How do we step out of being filled with worry and anxiety. But the first step, the, the foundation for you to know this morning is we've got a Father. We have a Father in heaven. And He was ready to supply with all your needs. Amen. It's good. Well, not good, it's the Bible. 
Sacred Scripture, if you turn with me, it's, it's Philippians 4 verse 4. I hear scrolling. <laughs> Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say to you, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about everything. This is like a famous word. Uh, if you type in anxious and into Google, you'll get this one. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think of these things. For what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and God of peace will be with you. So the, the world says, distract yourself. The more you distract yourself, the problems will disappear. The more you're busy in life, the more projects, the more, problem, the, 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 the more things you do, the more stuff, the problems begin to kind of disappear. But I don't know if you have ever tried that. And then the, 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 the first time you wake up in the morning and you become conscious of the surroundings, what is the first thing that haunts you? Is that problem. It's that anxiety. It's that thing of, Man, I don't have money. Man, my kids. This, this. It just begins to flood you. So the world says, just keep yourself distracted. It's like, just, just, you know. See, God doesn't distract us. He doesn't like, He sees us with all our problems and He sees our issues and He just throws out jelly tots and lets us run around and, and He says, I keep busy, my children. Just, you know, just do this, do your job, just, just, just don't care about your problems. And eventually we, 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 we see this, but people just begin to burn out. We lives just fall apart because we, we, we are keeping ourselves busy and are not addressing the problems. See, God wants us to live in victory. He doesn't want us to be live in victory when we're distracted. He's not a distracting God. God doesn't want to distract us. He wants us to turn Godwards. He wants us to turn up. It says, let your, let your requests be known. That's, that's, what, that's what God wants. He wants our requests to be known. And I call this the beautiful exchange. And it's, it's amazing this morning as, as Greg led prayer. He said about with Samson and, and he had to sacrifice some things. And, and I felt like God wants us to lay, a, lay some things down this, this morning in our lives. Exchange something. I call this the, the beautiful exchange. The beautiful exchange. You see, normally fear and anxiety, in my experience, this is my experience, fear and anxiety and things normally push us towards the presence of God. It's a natural thing. It's not a sin. When we have issues, when we have problems, when we have problems with relationships, problems with our, our spouse, problems with finances, normally it pushes us to spend time with God. It draws us. It's not a bad thing because Jesus says it a lot of times. He calls and he says, all who are burdened, come to me. So 
Let your requests be known. Like he, he wants us to draw into His presence. That's His nature. He wants us to be transformed. And He wants us to be transformed in His presence. And His presence, and when I talk about being drawn into His presence, it can sound like a Christianese kind of thing. It could be just spending time with God or walking by yourself or, or listening to music, whatever, whatever uh, you feel that God is like, that you're in the presence of God. Sometimes we think, when we say, draw into the presence of God, we're like, oh, we have to be in this, this temple. No, no, whatever, when you sense God's, just, you know He's there. When you've withdrawn yourself, that's what I'm talking about. And when it says here, it says, um, you know, that God wants us to become more Christ-like. And so He says, now come into my throne room of grace. Come to the throne room of grace. And in that moment of that, if, if we come out of that spending time with God's presence and nothing has changed, all that we've done in that moment is just complained. When we come out of the presence of God and we living our lives and nothing has changed, that worry, anxiety is still wreaking havoc in our lives. All we've done in the presence of God is complain. We get a lot of complaining Christians that just complain, 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 complain about everything, complain about Niza. Talking about me, complaining about the roads of Niza. Amen. <laughs> Revival, Lord, please. <laughs> Complaining proves nothing. Do you know that? Do you know if you complain, it proves nothing? But that you can hear the voice of the devil. Complaining proves nothing, but that you can hear the voice of the devil. So when Jesus said, all who are burdened, I'll give you rest. Come into my presence and I'll exchange it for rest. He says, Come with your burden. Come with your worries. Come with your questions. Come with your life issues. Come with your anxiety. Come into my presence, he says. And there's a beautiful exchange that begins to take place. He says, come into my presence. Give me it. Throw it at my feet. The cross has power in order to take it off you. But he says, there's, a, there's, a, there's an exchange that takes place. He says, then I'll give you my peace. I'll give you my rest. There's an exchange that takes place. And so when we come out the presence of God, we should be in peace. We should have rest. Rest to know that, that God is good. God, is, God has got my back. He's my Father. And the, the way we can kind of know how that this exchange is taking place is a very simple word called rejoice. In that, in that scripture, because this is all here, and I'll, I'll read it again, is rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. With everything in prayer and supplication, coming into God, with prayer and supplication, oh God, take away this, take this worry. I'm worried about my husband. I'm worried about this. But then it says, supplication with thanksgiving. Throws it in there, with thanksgiving. So that means when we're in God's presence and we're dealing with this worry and this anxiety of our lives, we need to be thankful. And thankfulness releases something in us. It's amazing. And many times in my life where I've worried, I'm, I'm, I'm a worrier. I do worry. 
But there's moments where it has affected me and sometimes it hasn't affected me. But there's moments when it affects me and I, and, I, and I begin to draw into God's presence, ask Him for rest, ask Him for peace, and then start to say, Lord, thank You. Thank You for providing for me. Thank You for, for that relationship that I'm, I'm crying out for, even though I don't see it, even though I don't see the physically the changes that are happening. I'm thankful for it. And when we come out of God's presence and we're living our lives, the, the, it says that, that we are full of thankfulness. And it says, Supplication, thanksgiving, let your Christ be known to God. And then it says, when we out of it, it says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you get that? It's, uh, it's, not, a, it's not a step form that I'm saying. It's, it's like we're in God's presence. It draws us into God's presence. We pray. We seek God. We hold on to God. There's moments where I've seen people here that have, that have cried out to God, that have holded on to His garment for, for dear life, for breakthrough in their lives. And we cry out to God and we say, God, please, this anxiety, I'm so worried about my future. I'm so worried about my I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we're crying out to God. And in that moment, we say, oh, God, Thank you for providing for me. Thank you that I know that this issue is going to be resolved. This is going to be happening. And when we go out of God's presence, the rest of God is upon us. And the peace of God is with us. Amen. So for me, it's, it's, it's a, something that, that, we, that, we can, that we can hold on to with dear life. This is the power of the word. And just the, the final thing. So the second point, so I'll be quick with the last point just for time's sake. Just the second one is thankfulness. If you want to take notes for is thankfulness. And when you, when you are struggling and you feel like you're complaining about life, you're complaining about your husband or you're complaining about relationship, you're complaining about church, you're complaining about whatever it might be, draw into the word, read Philippians 4 verse 4. And let the beautiful exchange take place. The final scripture is 1 Peter 5. Then we're done. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Also a famous one. It says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time He may exalt you. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. Four words, for He cares for you. This morning, I felt like God say, cast all your anxiety, cast all your worries onto me because I care for you. I love you. But there's, there's another word there that's, <laughs> that is very difficult for us to chew on as Christians, as humanity, is proper time. <laughs> Why did God have to throw that in? Proper time. Why can't He say immediately? Don't you feel? Proper time. It's like, oh God, why? Why proper time? <laughs> so he says, you know, cast all your anxiety, cares for you. In the proper time, he will exalt you. So he's saying, in the proper time. So we draw into the presence of God. The beautiful exchange takes place. We, we're in God's rest. we out of God's presence. We feel the peace of God. We're not complaining. We're walking in this thing. 
And then we, we feel like, well, God, you haven't worked. Lord, 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 but what happened in that beautiful moment, that beautiful exchange? What, what's happened? And so then we begin like, hey, Lord, where are you? But it says here, in, in proper time. So we shouldn't rush to judgment when our prayers, prompted by our worries, are not immediately answered in the way that we like it. Rolling our burdens onto Him doesn't mean He gives me what I want right away. But He gives me faith, which prepares me to wait patiently for His perfect timing. Because His perfect time often comes suddenly and unexpectedly. He relieves me of my burdens from being my life's master of ceremonies. I don't need to watch the clock, but just trust the Lord of time. And that's what, that's what it is. It's, it's trusting God. I don't know why we've, in the life of the church, we've had three couples, right? Three couples that have cried out for more than 10 years to have children. 10 years. That's the worry when those, we've seen, we've seen people, we've, we've met with people, cried with people, trusting God for kids. Why did God wait 10 years and all three of them are our kids? And, and you look at their lives now and you say, God's proper timing. Beautiful families. Amazing families. With the beautiful kids, healthy kids. And we've got to realize, we say, okay, God, we've got to trust you for your proper time. Amen. So I wonder if we could stand. And, and I felt like just for one minute, let's just do the beautiful exchange that God wants to, we, we need to lay our burdens down before the Lord and, and ask God. Come to our Heavenly Father and, and, and So Father, we, 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 we come to you this, this, this incredible morning, Lord of you, just being in your presence, Lord. We thank you that we carry, we carry each other's burdens. But Lord, as you we sang that song this morning that who could carry the weight? You carried our graves. And so, Father, this morning I pray those that are struggling with worry, those that have struggled for years with anxiety, I pray not by my might, not by my spirit, but by my spirit, says, not by my might, not by my strength, but by His Spirit. I pray right now, Father, as, as we enter into your presence, I pray that you, you do want us to lay our burdens down at your feet. He says, let your request be known. He wants to hear your request this morning. And so, Lord, we, we lay our request down at your feet. Say, God, here it is. I'm worried about this. I'm ex I have anxious about this. Lay it at his feet. But Lord, we, but we are thankful. Just begin to say, Lord, I thank you for the breakthrough that I'm going to get. Lord, I thank you for the things that, have, that are going to come my way. I 
thank you, Lord. I trust in your timing, God. I trust in your timing that you'll do the things that I ask, Father. It says, Lord, that we draw to you, ask of anything. And if it's God's will, it'll be done. Lord, I pray that we draw close to you in this time, Lord. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your rests. That, Lord, there will be a people that we realize that we, we cannot not have problems. We cannot have, not have worries. But I pray, Lord, from today, they will not have influence into our lives. That we walk strong, not in our own ways, but we'll lean on to Jesus for His strength. I pray, Lord, if we have been complaining people, that if we complain, I pray that we repent, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we say we're sorry that we're complaining in Your presence, Lord. That we just keep complaining about things. I pray, Lord, that we turn our complaining to thankfulness. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Hmm. Oh, thank you, Paul. You want to lean on them, but all that happens is they, they just topple over. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to push it. <laughs> and... You know, it's a thing called like a, like a, like a domino effect. And a domino effect, you see it in our nation. A sentiment comes and you know, there's, there's worry, there's anxiety, there's a angst in the nation. And you, you go up to anyone and you just go like this and plop, 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 and everything just... And uh, God's, God's calling us to be a people that's leaning on Him. That when those things come against us, we stand. And many times, I mean, I go through the... You just want to fall over with him. And it's, it's just easy to fall over. But, you know, I can't fall over. You've got to stand. You've got to be, sta- you've got to be strong for your family. You've got to be strong for those around about us. And, but the only way we're going to be strong is when we're leaning on Jesus. And uh, otherwise, we're just going to all fall over. And then, t- <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's an important teaching that just our day and age we're living in. We need to find our strength in Jesus Christ so we can stand strong. The times are not going to get easier and the things that come against us. And um, So we can be those, those anchors, those towers, you know, that, that we can be a church where people run to and find strength. So Father, th- we thank you for this word, Lord. And yeah, Lord, may we not go out of this door this morning without putting into practice, Lord, hearing, hearing what you're saying to us, Lord, that we have a Father in heaven, Lord, that our exchange, Lord, is in you, Lord, that we we can find strength in you, Lord, and that we can be a people that lives with thanksgiving in our hearts, full of faith, that we have a Father that loves us and invites us to lean on him. Jesus' name. Father, bless each and every person, Lord. Those that wait upon you, rise up on wings like eagles and find strength in you, Jesus. Amen. Cool, there's coffee.